Let's jump into it. You lead the community, Ship 30 for 30. I do believe this is a huge opportunity. I feel really thankful and blessed that I really get the chance to work with Dickie and Co. so early on the journey. It's incredible, yeah. The real question of the show, do you consider yourself a creator? I would like to check the premise of the question before we dive into that, because I do love the term creator, don't get me wrong, but I do think, too, that it can be a little bit misleading. Because back in the day, creator had a totally different connotation than it has today. So I would like to ask you, what do you mean by creator? That is actually the trick of the question, because one of my many points of the show is that I don't believe there really is a definition for creator beyond somebody who creates things. It's somebody making things and putting them out in the world. That's my definition. And then I like to ask every guest to see if it changes. I love that. And I think that's definitely an essential element to the term. But that's exactly why I believe there is kind of an issue with the term and like you leave out an important element of it, which is monetization, right? When you think of a creator, or at least what I think when I hear the word, is somebody who makes ideally a living out of their creative work or projects. Then for you, would it be safe to say that your definition of creator requires them to be participating in the creator economy? In some way, yeah. Awesome. Then circling back to the question, do you consider yourself a creator under that definition? Yeah, even though I don't have a recurring revenue out of my creative projects. In that case, I would consider myself an aspiring creator. What do you create right now? I know you're a talented writer, but do you do anything else? Thank you. I think that's very kind. But yeah, I was dabbling a little bit with no-code tools. I tried to build a couple things earlier this year, but I do write and build communities at the moment. Yeah. I was working on different projects, but for now I'm just writing and trying to make the cheap 30 for 30 community as valuable and, and engaged as possible. So I want to push back on the creator in progress because I would be surprised if you would be working with Ship 30 right now if you hadn't been creating things online before. Oh no, there's no way I would be working at Ship 30 for now. In fact, I think we would have to ask Dickie, but I do believe the reason why he decided to give me the opportunity was because he was consistently seeing me put in the work and share my work. That was my resume because if you think about it, I have no credentials whatsoever to have the job that I do have. And my resume was my content, was the effort I was putting into building an audience on Twitter, sharing my stuff online. So yeah, I think it was almost an indispensable requirement, if not 100% to get the opportunities that I did. How did you start out building your audience up, creating content? What got you going in this? And how did you get started in terms of building that community around yourself? I think before you go ahead and start building your own thing, I first immersed myself in other people's communities. And that helped me realize how much potential there is for people who decide to share their work online. That helped me realize how many opportunities you can get through putting yourself out there. And that also empowered me to give it a try. After immersing myself in those communities, I decided to give it a shot for myself. And so uh, how long have you been at this creator journey now? 
So the very initial phase started back in, I believe, May last year. That's when I rediscovered Twitter because I had been a long time Twitter user, but I didn't know this wonderful corner of the internet existed. I'm referring to the Twitter creator community. And so back in May, I discovered the community. Again, I immersed myself in there. I started talking to people, starting following the journey of other more advanced creators. And after a few months, I think it was in August, I decided to take it more seriously and actually give it a try. And I think that's the month when I started writing my newsletter. And I remember the excitement of having my first, I think, 10 or 15 subscribers. I couldn't believe people would give me their email to read the things I was writing. It was pretty dope. So then you really started on Twitter. You're a Twitter native. I'm jealous. Yeah, I've always been. In fact, there is a cool little story. When I was, I think, 16 or 17, I was a teenager in high school. I've always had an inclination for writing. And so back Back then when I think Twitter was relatively new back then and I decided to start writing on Twitter I created an anon account and I think I built it to past 20k followers wow. and yeah and then I got bored of it and I lost access to it and yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was it <laughs> how are you building your audience now I think my principles are pretty clear and simple and straightforward. I'm just trying to build relationships with other people, try to help people who are on a similar journey as much as I can, and try to share things that are insightful, helpful, valuable, interesting. What's your North Star metric for success? How do you know you're on the right path? So I think my North Star, there are three elements to the ideal situation where I want to be in the future. I would say creative independence first, meaning having full creative control over the projects I'm working on. Then financial independence, being able to somehow monetize these creative projects I'm working on. I don't know how I'm going to end up monetizing my audience and my content, but ideally I want to be able to get enough income to live out of it from them. And is that your current goal as a creator also? Yeah, it's all tied together. And like the last element to it would be having the ability to free up my calendar. So I want to be able to have ownership over my calendar and decide what I'm going to do, what I'm going to work on. If you think about it, it's basically freedom, right? Yeah. So I like that. The North Star is freedom. And the next goal is financial freedom through creative projects. I want to talk with you a little bit about where Twitter's going and the whole Twitter creator economy, because I think Twitter is really setting itself up to be the home. And I know you see it too. Yeah, I do believe they're doing a very great job positioning themselves and actually enabling creators to build an audience with the revenue acquisition. I think they're also looking to enable people to have more distribution, start building an email list. But I'm curious, though, like how they're going to enable creators who are not writers. And I have seen some interesting features that are more like tailored for video creators and people who have more visual content. Yeah. Media Studio is the one I found out about recently that was huge. Yeah. So I'm excited. Hopefully... It gets better, you know, and it attracts more creators because there is a bunch of creators segregated across platforms. Mm. And I think it would be pretty dope for Twitter to become like the hub for creators. I would love that. I'm interested how Twitter plays into your day-to-day life because since I've gotten back on Twitter, it takes up way too much of my time. So how does your creative process work with Twitter at the center of the community? 
I love Twitter. I love hanging out on Twitter. But at the same time, it's too easy to get into the rabbit hole. Actually, these days, I'm trying to be as mindful and intentional of, as possible of the way I use Twitter and how much time I actually spend on Twitter every day. One of the things I'm actively doing to fight back with that is I'm using more different scheduling tools to plan my output. Yeah. And another thing I do is every time before logging in or, or opening the app, I ask myself, okay, so I'm going to spend the next, say, 30 minutes on Twitter. What's my plan? What's my goal? You know, try, trying to be as intentional as possible of the things I want to get out of it, whether that's learning, engaging with the community, with my peers. I think it's time for some guest Q&A. Hi, Michael. Hi, Daniel. So I am following the creator space for a while. And one thing that I have noticed is how much the space has expanded. So many people are joining this movement who wouldn't consider them creators like a year ago. So with that, my question is, what do you see as the biggest obstacle for them to start? And especially like to become a creator in your sense, like someone who can make a living out of it. Well, I think when you become a creator, you have to go through different stages and each stage has a different obstacle. The first stage is when you start actually creating content and sharing your ideas and sharing your work online with other people. And the barriers in that stage realistically are pretty low. So the biggest obstacle for people is just in their head. And I don't want to make it sound like it's a little thing because I struggled with that too when I was just starting. And I still struggle with those kind of issues sometimes, even though I've been doing this for a little bit. But yeah, you can join any social platform for free. It's not that hard to start creating content. So the hard thing is to start sharing it consistently. And there is a couple of obstacles to doing that. But but if you think about it, most of them are just mental things or personal things. They're not necessarily a problem of access. Ten years ago, if somebody wanted to start a media company, there was really a big deal of real obstacles for that person to actually get started. Like you would need to have a lot of influence, money probably to connections. Now you can just create a Twitter account, go to Substack, create a newsletter or a publication, and you can start your small one-person media company. So at least at the first stage, I would say the obstacles are personal and they usually have a lot to do with mindset. Of course, once you start moving, like when you're more advanced in your journey and you start looking for maybe ways to monetize, to collaborate with other people, you'll definitely find different obstacles. And even there, a lot of them are mindset-related stuff. I don't know if that helps in any way. Hopefully it does. Yeah, I think I agree with you. And one observation that we can make here is that so many groups online are actually about shared accountability when it comes to content creation. So it seems like people just need a little bit of push to go through this mental obstacle. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why Cheap 30 for 30 is so successful because it's empowering people to overcome the fear of publishing and share their ideas online at scale and super quickly, like, you go from being super insecure about putting your work out there and share it with the world, and after a month, you're a confident creator. That's huge. My last question for you, if you could send a tweet back to your start, what would it be? And you get to choose the start. 
Okay, so I would tweet myself, start creating content now in capital letters, and I would probably send it to my 18-year-old self. I've only been writing online and sharing my ideas online for less than a year, and I've been able to meet all these interesting people, find a creative outlet for myself, and also find all these incredible opportunities that have the potential to, not so far ahead, provide a whole living for me. Imagine if I had started back when I was 18, I would be freaking Mr. Beast. Is there a final comment you'd like to leave the audience and listeners with? Start creating. If you haven't yet, start putting your ideas out in the internet. Be consistent with it and be patient, but over time, you'll be rewarded.